yeah, I think uh, so. Kind of similar to say this idea around like trying you know different things that I I've done. I, I would say I like I, I really like to just learn things that are I have no business kind of learning. So I guess the example of like I took a aerial circus uh like oh, a wow. two week kind of intensive training in Athens um and I it was very apparent that I was not a, <laughs> a trained uh, performer Welcome to Life of a Founder. Our goal here is to give you an inside look at the experiences of small business owners who have started, operated, and grown a business from the ground up. We strongly believe that there's no better way to learn than by listening to the stories of others. So whether you're already an entrepreneur or dreaming of becoming one in the future, we're sure you'll gain valuable insights from every episode. Without further ado, let me introduce you to the man behind the mic, our host, Matthew Sumter. Hey everyone, welcome to Life of a Founder. My name is Matthew Sumter, and today I want to introduce you to my guest, Ibrahim Ayub, and he is the founder of Movig. And before we get started, could you just give us one piece of advice that you would give someone who is thinking about starting their own business? Yeah, I think uh, one I, I think about is maybe two, but the first is if if you're in doubt, I would just do it. <laughs> just go for uh, it. And because um, I think of when I say like you know, the best time to to plant a you know seed is twenty years ago. The next best best is today. That you know you'll never be a hundred percent ready to do it, um, but think about you know, what do you need to be at 70% and very specific, you know, kind of targets. And then if you feel like you have those, then, then, yeah, jump in. All right. Yeah. I think of it kind of like when people say they're, you'll, you'll never be ready to have kids. You'll never be ready to start a business. You just got to go for yeah. it when, you, when yeah. you get the itch. So, uh, well, tell me a little bit uh, about your history and your business in general, just what you do. Yeah, yeah, sure. So we, uh, so Movig, it's basically a, a sales automation platform for creators. So we help content creators find and manage brand partnerships. And and we do that uh, a bit different than some other kind of providers today where you know, traditionally there's a lot of marketplaces where, you know, creators are looking for brands, the brands are looking for creators. Let's create a marketplace and try to connect them. We take a very kind of creator first, creator centric approach to say that as a given creator, there's a lot of different types of brands and um, relationships I'd want to build. And it really comes down to having a system in place to being able to find those brands, reach out and, and start building those relationships. So we kind of think of ourselves as a hub spot for, for creators where you know they tell us the types of content areas they're interested in. And then we do all the outreach basically for them on their behalf. All right. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, a friend recently mentioned to me when I was actually telling him I was going to do this interview, he said, you know, when I was growing up, I would never imagine that there'd be a need for a business to create or to connect creators with brands. That's just not, you know, that didn't exist when we grew up. So, I mean, how did you come up with that idea for your business or where did you find that need? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think with, 
you know, as one of us being a creator first, another big component for us is is co-creating basically our, our product and service. So it's uh it was a very windy path, I'll say, to get to, to where we are today. Initially, the the idea stemmed from uh, payments. So I was a I was a freelancer as well. I was doing UX design and um, creative strategy freelancing, and my my partner who I met in in business school, he's his background is in finance. So we saw this need of you know, basically streamlining the ability for for individual creatives when they're getting you know most of the revenue is coming from these bigger clients, but then there's net thirty day, net ninety day, you know, payments, and mm-hmm. it's very volatile. So our initial kind of entry point was like, okay, let's, you know, let's try to figure out a way to, to advance payments and, you know, kind of um, help, uh, help simplify this kind of this burden. But then the more I think we did over 300 uh, interviews and what we found was within the creative space that we started honing in specifically on, on content creators. And we were seeing that, you know, content creators were representing a bigger part of, of basically business owners. Uh, But the, before, issues of getting paid, there was bigger problems started to emerge of like, how do you actually get brand deals in the first place? And not just yeah. one or two deal, deals, but something that's actually consistent and sustainable and that you're not, you know, that doesn't lend itself to to getting burnt out, which, you know, which happens quite a bit in, in, in the area. So that was the, the short version of, of how we ended up coming to, to focusing on the upfront kind of the the sales and outreach side. Um, but overall plan is to, you know, ultimately we want to be the kind of the operating system that, you know, creators can run their business through. So down the line, you know, we'd want to introduce payments and all these things in the future, but, um, but yeah, we're, we're focusing on the upfront kind of sales funnel to start. Okay. Very cool. Well, let's talk a little bit more about, um, kind of the business itself and how it's structured and how it works. Um, are you one of the co-founders? Did you found it? And do you have other partners? How's that set up? Yeah, yeah. So I I co-founded it with my my, my partner from uh, from business school, and uh, so we've known each other for now. It's been three years, and you know, lived lived in four different countries together. I, I, I joke that he's the longest he's the longest relationship I've had mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Um, and so as us two, uh, the co-founders, we have uh, a front-end developer, uh, a back-end developer. We're just, uh, we're about to onboard a uh, a Python developer as well, kind of a, a full-stack person. And we have one advisor and we're bringing on uh, another person, how about uh, with the kind of marketing side of things. And there's a few few contractors that we use for, for a couple of different things. Okay. And how long ago did you get started or, or did this idea kind of start building and when did you officially kind of work on it? Yeah. So we would say we, we started within this space um, a little over last, last August. So a little over a year um, okay. and we launched our initial beta, which was kind of more of a self-serve product in, in January. Uh, and then in the last two months is when we introduced this new kind of end-to-end, we're calling it concierge, but basically it's it's this fully automated, you know, the outreach service um, okay. where, uh, yeah, that that we did in, in June of this past year. So are you, um, are you monetizing at this point or did you kind of have, did you have financing to get you to this point or how's that kind of working? Yeah, yeah. So we did a, a small family and friends round, um, 
last year when we were um, this past in, in February after we launched our initial beta. And then we got a, a VC investment uh, in May. And then we we have introduced with this concierge program, we've introduced a, a subscription. So it's um, different kind of tiered plans starting at uh, $100 a month uh, from, from the creator side. And, okay. um, you know. And what kind of valuations are you looking at at this point when you're raising these rounds? Yeah, so our, our last valuation was at uh, two and a half million okay. and um this was effectively pre pre-revenue i mean we had a little bit but now we've um we're around 12 um 12 000 in arr and it's been starting from june and we've basically been doubling it every month so okay nice the, yeah. yeah so the plan is to continue to do that until uh, until december january uh, okay. and then look to raise a raise a bigger round then do you are you far enough along that you have plans on when you think you might be profitable, or are you still just too early in the process and you're worried about building at this point? Yeah, I mean we so it it's pretty lean actually. I think our we are projecting to be profitable by the end of next year. Um, okay. I mean, you knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. like, let's see what happens. Um, but kind of given our. The, what we're doing now, which, you know, a lot of it's, is very manual, you know, so when we're saying it's, you know, automated outreach, it's automated for our yeah. customers, right. for us, it's, it's not, but we have basically a plan set in place to, you know, start automating some of these things. And gotcha. once we hit that point, it's, you know, I think we'll, we'll be able to bring on much more people and, and turn around profit. Gotcha. Um, at this point, how are you acquiring customers? Are you doing a lot of marketing? Is it, word of mouth yeah so so primarily it's been uh social media given with uh just kind of working in the creator space so a lot of it has been through our one focus has been creating a lot of educational value um content as well right around the business of being a creator how to work with brands um so we've been we've been getting majority of our um of our customers from from social media now we've we've also started doing quite a bit on the SEO side. So we're ranking on a lot of uh, kind of keywords within the space. And Just organic, um, yeah. Yeah, organic and then uh, and then referrals um, and, and direct outreach. So we haven't spent really any money on, on marketing yet. Okay, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, as a founder of, you know, a, a technology platform, basically, what is... What's your day-to-day -day look like right now? How, I mean, obviously you're hands-on and this is probably taking up your full time, but what what does that involve for you? Yeah, it's, um, so yeah, it is definitely where it's to a point where it's, you know, always kind of all hands-on on deck. Um, for me, so my background is more on the technology side. So I studied computer science and, and system engineering, but and worked a bit as kind of product manager. So I, I spend a lot of time now on, uh, working with our developer in terms of introducing you know, kind of new features, roadmap, what's working, not working, uh, a lot around the business logic as well. So, you know, for okay. us to do this, figuring out one about how do we actually, you know, find brands, but who's the right point of contact. So do we, you know, if it's a startup, let's try to target the founder. If it's company of X size, let's look at, you know, if they have a content marketing manager, things like that. Um, 
so a lot of kind of marrying like the business side of things to how are we implementing it from a, a technology perspective um and and for the creators that we are serving with this new platform we we have a slack busy a, a separate a, a slack connect for each one of them okay. so also engaging you know all of them to make sure that they're you know happy comfortable with with the service and, and all of that and trying to collect their their feedback so i would say it's generally kind of falls in the realm of marrying or marrying you know what's what are we doing from a marketing side technology side business side and, and trying to kind of keep a cohesive picture across um yeah. and then still also a lot of a lot of grunt work as well too because if it's you know if we're going to yeah. tell creator that we're going to reach out to you know 50 brands this week if we don't have 50 then it's you know then i'm on the hunt you know, looking and trying to find so Nice. Uh, yeah. If if you're a liberty to say who are some of your bigger clients on both sides from the creator and from the advertising. Yeah, so we so on the the brand side we don't work so we have some that we are kind of building relationships with now but it's more um like we're more you know for the creators because we also don't want to funnel creators to specific brands like we want to think like let's purely from a creator's perspective, which brands okay. are, are right for them. So so we don't want to kind of get into the agency trap in a way. Gotcha. Um, so you're, the, you're more helping the creator develop their own, their plan for how to market themselves. Exactly. exactly the yes. Client. So, so we, in kind of a way, we're like, um, like a, a sales, like where the sales arm of, for the, the creators, like mixed between their, sales team and like a VA in a way, like a tech enabled VA so that all of the admin that goes into this is basically outsourced or, or simplified and they can spend more time on the creative work, which is, you know, why they, why people become creators. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, uh, what, no, oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, please. Yeah. Uh, what, um, what are some of the, challenges or struggles that you've had in getting this off the ground you know something that probably other people would encounter too when they're starting something yeah that's um it's a long list <laughs> uh, yeah i can imagine I, I would say so i think some things which i've i've found that i think probably holds true for a lot of different for like you know regardless of of kind of the the industry or market is one so when we launched our beta we we basically you know we looked at this whole process from initially finding brands to tracking your projects and tried to do all of it in one kind of centralized you know dashboard um one tool and it it was everything was like a little bit better i think than how they're doing it now but nothing was like 10x better so I think one thing, one thing early on, and I think still we, you know, something we have to keep getting better at is like we we can't do everything. So like, what's really being prior, like prioritizing, like what's the one pain point or what's the one kind of you know service? Then of course mm -hmm. we you know we'll build off from there. But that was that was one challenge around just the spread of of our work and and our time, um, and. And then also the, I think another kind of big challenge was the, how much, how much do we, 
you know, build like kind of building versus selling and, um, but building enough to kind of test assumptions uh, as well. Right. So like there were things where we built out a lot of functionality, but we didn't really test the demand for some of it. So it was in some ways it was, it was kind of wasted. Um, but then there was other things where we're like, if we are, if we're trying to test, you know, does this service work or does this help save time that we can test those things in, uh, in other ways. Right. So I, I think that like being really focused on, like, if we are building something, what's the purpose of, of building it? Is it, is it because demand has been already validated or are we trying to validate demand for it? If we're trying to validate demand for it. You don't really have to build it yet. Right. Um, so I think so that was one thing too. Yeah. We're doing pretty small, quick turnaround on iterations and, you know, testing things out and seeing what sticks. Yeah. Yeah. So th- I mean that, I think we've gone much like now, I think where our, our speed is much, much faster. And I think also, you know, given my, I think also like with all these low and no code tools, especially now with AI, like it's really, it's really fast, you know, to, to kind of turn things around. Um, and we don't need, you know, full, it's only now we've started to build out, like we've just hired these developers the last two, three months before I was doing all of the tech. Um, because, but now we're at a point where it's like, okay, like we know, you know, like certain, so some of these components that we, we know, like we have some, you know, indicators of, of product market fit. So, you know, we need to start scaling it. Um, but yeah, before that it was, it was just me, you know, just a lot of, a lot of integrations and Googling things. Yeah. Learn as you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so your domain, I believe, is getmovig.com. Yep. M-O-V-I-G. What is the Movig? What's what's that stand for? The, the v- yeah. So it's um so basically the idea of just like get move, like get moving, like basically move, move your business kind of faster. Um because our yeah, I mean what we just think about time and speed and like if now we've seen roughly 70% of creators' time is spent on non-creative work that we want to get all that stuff kind of, you know, moving faster so you can they can focus on on what they want to do. Is someone squatting on movig.com? I noticed it's it's out there as percent. <laughs> yeah. I we actually got an email about uh if we wanted to acquire it and I think it was like 25,000. So like maybe, maybe after a couple rounds of fundraising, consider it, but uh, definitely not now. Yeah. All right. Um, Well, you've, you've mentioned a couple of things, but what are some of the software services that really been vital to getting you going or really helped streamline and make your, make your process more efficient, I guess. Yeah, so it's quite a few. I would say so. One um, Airtable has been like okay. w- was been pretty core. Uh, it basically was our whole backend, um, and we've been using it for a lot of act like for things for the for our creators, but also internally. Uh, Zapier and Make have been quite uh, quite helpful, just in terms of you know connecting everything across um, and. Uh, I mean, that's probably a lot of startups now too. I mean, ChatGPT, OpenAI has been uh, has been definitely helpful as well. Uh, what what kind of skills or traits do you think are essential for an entrepreneur or a founder to really become successful? I think um, I think there's two 
two two main ones that that come to mind. I think the the first is is resourcefulness, right? That like how which I, I think is something that is is also continuous can be learned and obviously increased over time. But as a entrepreneur or founder, it's you're going to be addressing problems that you've never thought of or encountered. And it's it's not really about having all the domain knowledge up front, but it's like how resourceful can you be in terms of figuring out an answer, figuring out how to get to the next stage. So I think that's yeah. very critical. Um, and then second is uh, just a, a growth mindset as well, because I think it's it's such a uh, emotional, you know, physical, uh, financial, obviously roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, I think like sometimes I think about that worst case scenario is you could you could say you know people say worst case is that this you know your startup fails right like you, it completely goes under, but the way I think about worst case scenario is that worst case scenario is I spent X number of months years learning more than I would have doing anything else. Yeah. So to me, that's not a bad, you know, a bad situation or a bad place to be. Um, and throughout all of it that, you know, there's a lot of no's and all these things, but really having that, that growth mindset around thinking like, what, how can I improve, learn from this kind of iterate and grow, uh, I think is, is pretty critical there as well. All right. Um, how, how would you measure the success of your business? What, what would be considered success to you in the long term? And, and kind of along that lines, you could kind of tell me what the future plans are for the company. I mean, what, what are your goals? Yeah. Yeah. So our, I mean, I'd say some of our kind of North star metrics or success for us is, um, you know, how many, one is, is, is revenue, right? Like how much yeah, more revenue yeah. are we for, for creators? like how much more revenue are we helping them generate um, and the time saved from, from their side. So the flip is like, how are we increasing the creator's creative output basically because they have more time to be able to, to focus on, on on that side. Are Um, you able, are you able to measure that or do you have any way to get those metrics right now? Yeah, we have, I mean, some, some is, is directional, right? Like the creators that we onboard, gauge of like how much time are they spending on on some of these tasks and um and the more that we're doing that we can see okay like we now effectively a lot of it is is basically zeroed out um but you know for instance like to to research to find a a brand contact research the brand and write the pitch take between 30 45 minutes for a highly personalized one and we are doing it in you know in two minutes. So that's those are some of the kind of from from a time side that, that we look at. Um and and I guess more kind of generally for me, if I think about like success of our company, is that how many how many more people can pursue and sustain a independent kind of creative business, right? Because this is it's a passion-led field and we have a lot of creators who are part-time and want to get to the point where they can be full-time, which is actually similar to you were thinking about talking about, um, you know, like becoming a founder that we also see a lot of parallels with, you know, as a, as a creator, you're basically a founder too. Right. So um, having people do that and that they can basically successfully scale. Um, 
for our kind of plans or roadmap for the upcoming uh, future is, so we have I mean, quite a few things, but the one is uh, starting to introduce kind of different ways to, to pitch and engage kind of a uh, brand. So a lot of it now is, is basically is emailing. It's where it's like kind of cold email campaigns, but um, introducing video emails so that creators can basically pitch like you know themselves video um, okay. and also portfolios as well. So you know basically they're media kits, but when they're mm-hmm. sharing, having uh, dynamic portfolios. So basically, if I'm if I'm trying to pitch to a, a health brand versus a fitness brand, when it's health, I want to show you know, health-related content when it's brand, uh, fitness, when show fitness-related content. Um, and those are some of the kind of big ones. And then, and then the others is, is just trying to accelerate the deal flow as much as we can. So, you know, for the creators that we can start helping them on, um, uh, on negotiation on, on pitch, right. And like how much that they should be potentially suggesting given the brand size and, and things like that as well. Okay. Obviously, right now you're focused on um, execution and developing your service. Do you do you foresee an exit, or are you too too early in in this thought process? I mean, is that something you're looking at down the road? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely it's it's something that we we think about. It's obviously not top of mind first, right. but but we you know we do want to kind of have that in the in the back in terms of how we're kind of building certain things out. I think what we've some things that we've seen so far is that one other kind of media houses or, you know, big kind of influencer marketplaces, things that end up wanting to have more coverage in terms of with creators or brands who are interested um, or other creator economy startups that you provide other services like finances, where this is kind of like a, could be a nice kind of add on, right? Like if they're creators who are struggling for, given month um and then another element that, that we've also which we've only just kind of in the last two months has been something that has surfaced quite a bit is uh around the actual data when it comes to mm-hmm. building out an actual a creator economy database yeah. in a way not one from the creator but also from the brand side because of as a if i'm you know, if I'm a creator or an agency or you know talent manager, if I'm looking for brands, if you look at traditional B2B like sales databases, they'll tell you, you know, very traditional information in terms of like, okay, this is their they were funded at this point, the revenue, XYZ, but the information that we're now collecting is, you know, okay, this this company, this is the content area. This is their Instagram activity. This is their TikTok activity. This is the last time they posted on TikTok and like things that are much more relevant from like a social media and marketing perspective mm-hmm. that we've seen some, we see there, there could be some potential angles down the road as well. Yeah, I've, I've heard that a few times with people where they were creating businesses and then, you know, it wasn't until down the road, they realized how valuable the data they were collecting was and how that could be used or sold yeah. or, you know, whatever down the road. Yeah. So yeah, starting to think about that now probably is going to be beneficial to um let's see do you have any stories of any you know big wins or big mistakes that you've made while building the business anything that kind of stands out to you in your memory that either was exciting or you would have done differently or yeah um i think a big 
big win, I think, is when we, with this kind of this new service that we, I remember actually we had a, a call with one of the the creators. So we, 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 we try to have, you know, as many kind of calls with, with, um, with creators as possible, just as we're kind of iterating through things. And it was kind of on the call actually, where we, what we recognized or saw was that we had built a lot of these services as, as like a self-serve, right. Of like, if you want to find contacts, put in a brand website, it will find relevant contacts for you and even matching. But that this idea that it's, basically repackaging it or or putting it as like an end-to-end service that was one also something that creators would pay for um because that was also a thing before too was that self-serve was like you know and this is where we got feedback from investors where like you know creators won't won't pay um that packaging it that way was like okay this is actually like this is a very strong value proposition and more like we spoke to the creators, more like this is exactly like kind of what I was looking for. So that was, I think that was a, a very nice kind of clear sign for us. We we're like, okay, this is, you know, uh, this is something good here. I also remember very early on when, uh, when the creators told us that they got a deal through us, uh, that was a, a nice, so it's like, okay, like we are, you know, we are providing value. And so that was, uh, that was a nice win. Um, Big mistakes. Um, yeah, to, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't really think anything was like. Yeah, you already talked about a little bit about shifting focus. The, but, yeah, but nothing's really happened that kind of derailed the process. Or... No, I mean, I, I, I guess it's not a huge mistake. Maybe it's just a silly thing. Was like we accidentally deleted our one of our Google workspaces. <laughs> so like that was just a huge pain in terms of like yeah. getting all the user profiles and things. Gotcha. But I wouldn't say anything that was yeah outside of what, what we had talked about earlier. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you don't mind, we'll get a little bit personal, personal life questions. So um, yeah. I, I don't think you got probably a lot of free time in your life right now, but are there, I mean, I'm sure you're always coming up with business ideas, serial entrepreneur type. Uh, yeah. What's, what's another idea of something that you haven't had time to pursue, but you think is a good idea. Yeah. Um, Without giving away all your secrets. <laughs> I'm, I'm an open book. <laughs> um, the, so, so one actually, I, I mean, I, I haven't really fleshed it out fully, but at least conceptually, what I what I think about is I've seen so I I travel quite a bit, or like I was kind of like a, a digital nomad. I, I still am in, in many ways. And one thing always that has bothered me or felt like is is a just could be solved is I have I have points and miles, like I've mm-hmm. credit card points, you know, I've, yeah. I have airline miles and I have like hotel and all these things. Yeah. But basically I would want something that I, that you could kind of centralize, aggregate all of that information and then basically optimize. So if I'm going from, you know, New York to London, that what would be the best use of, of those points. And, and also like being able to say like, I, I want to keep, you know, my, like Marriott is like last resort or, you know, something like that. Um, I could see that being something that, you know, could be uh, of, of use. Another one is that I I kind of, I started to pursue this before actually when I was in, in business school. Um, 
but basically the idea of, of kind of like a, a class pass, but for immersive like activities. So kind of bringing this idea of, especially in places like New York and London, where there's so many, you know, like juggling, sh- sushi making classes or, or things like this, where you, you know, it's, it, it's something that's enjoyable. And then you could have a class pass where like people go to it, but then there's also an element of connection as well. So like having, because those are very few times when people are kind of going outside of their either echo chambers or their, you know, like their traditional, their like their friend circle, groups. Yeah. 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 So kind of using entertainment in a way for kind of that social <laughs> connection, but then also it's, you know, it's, it's fun, right? Like people like yeah. kind of going to stuff like that. So that was, that was another one. All right, cool. Yeah. I think there's definitely some people looking at that travel rewards type stuff. I, I, I'm kind of in that game too. And I've, I've yeah. seen a couple of those. So um, I noticed you have kind of a personal resume type website. Are you um, actively looking for engagements or is this just kind of a placeholder or is it, I mean, obviously you're marketing yourself, but yeah. what's your yeah. focus in that? Yeah, no. So I guess before I before I pursued this, I um I spoke kind of quite a bit around applying design design thinking for personal development. Uh, so I spoke at a lot of conferences. I also write you know some pieces of, about that. Um, so that and I was also a coach, like a, a habits coach. We see how do you kind of create similar to if you, if you know Atomic Habits, uh, yeah. James Clear, but yeah, basically creating kind of tiny habits. Um. So that was that was from from all of that. I mean, okay. yeah, obviously now as time is is much less uh, <laughs> available, so I'm you know hundred percent right. on 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 moving now. Gotcha. But. Do you have any mentors that have guided you along the way? Um, I'd say the quite a few that I I draw kind of different lessons from. So some from the one my my uncle who he started a company uh in Pakistan but I you know I definitely look to him in terms of how to kind of navigate this this space um and a couple other friends who are at similar stages where I am or a little bit later that I found that type of maybe less of like you know mentor mentee but kind of co like um uh people at at similar kind of stages and learning like kind of when you're going through the trenches, I've found that's more has been, I've learned more from versus someone who has gone through it, you know, like maybe 20 years ago and, and it's kind yeah. of looking back. Um, Just someone to bounce ideas off of and kind yeah. of talk through things. It's always yeah. good to have. Um, you know, I find that a lot of entrepreneurs, probably most of them are either reading or, or listening to podcasts or that sort of thing a lot. Is there anything specifically you're reading or listening to right now that, that you really enjoy? Yeah. Yeah, I um so this might be might be different than other uh other founders. I so I found actually from a reading side that I I try to read things that have nothing to do with like okay. business and and the side because I'm so entrenched in that and mm-hmm. I I also find a lot of value I found a lot of value kind of throughout my life in terms of going into learning different kind of topics or doing things that are totally outside of my my wheelhouse which probably also sparked the idea of why you know like i really like kind of classes immersive activities yeah. and things like that um 
So the two I'm reading now is one I'm actually I'm rereading. It's uh, The Wisdom of Insecurity by Alan Watts. So okay. it's it talks about kind of being being in the present and, you know, really being um, immersed, thinking about what's in our control versus out of our control. Uh, and another one I just I just started now is um, Prisoners of Geography. So it's just talking about, um, you know, different parts of the world and how how geography landscape kind of shapes the a lot of the the history of of kind of where we are today is pretty interesting. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Do you have any unusual hobbies that maybe not many people know about? Yeah, I think uh, so. Kind of similar to say this idea around like trying you know different things that I I've done. I, I would say I like I, I really like to just learn things that are. I have no business kind of learning. So I guess the example of like, I took a aerial circus, uh, like oh, a two wow. week kind of intensive training in Athens. Um, and I, it was very apparent that I was not a, <laughs> a trained uh, performer. Uh, Are we talking trapeze here or what? It was, uh, it was a uh, hoop, trapeze, silk, oh. uh, wow. yeah, everything. Um yeah, it was really intense. Uh, juggling, I I drove. Uh, I was an Uber driver for a few weeks uh, just to see kind of what it was like. Um, so I would say my, I mean, the hobby is kind of is like taking classes or trying, you know, kind of like yeah. trying something different. Um, but I do more kind of uh, commonly. I I was on a, a dance team in college, so I, I like to like South okay. Asian dance. So that's okay. kind of a big thing. And um, uh, boxing. Okay. Wow. Cool. Yeah. All right. A couple of rapid fire questions real quick and we'll get wrapped up. So just say the first thing that comes to your mind. What's your favorite month? February. Favorite vacation destination? Um, Turkey. Okay. A night out or a night in? Out. All right. Do aliens exist? Yes. All right. And what time period would you travel back to if you could? And location, let's say. Um, it has to be first thought, like 1500s, like Mughal Empire. I okay. would be interested. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Depends which side you're on, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's all through history, I guess, the problem. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, how can uh, the listeners find out more about your business? We mentioned getmovig.com, which G-E-T-M-O-V-I-G.com. Anywhere else that, you, that can look for you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Website, uh, Twitter, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, uh, at getmovig. Um, okay. Yeah, you can see us there. Also, our email, hello at getmovig, where uh, we're always happy to chat with, with anyone and everyone interested in the space. Okay. Well, thanks. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners or is that about it? No, that's about it. Thanks. Okay. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to Life of a Founder. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you won't miss any of our upcoming episodes. And if you have any friends or family members who would enjoy the show, please share the link with them. We truly believe that small businesses are the lifeblood of our communities. So we encourage you to take that first step and start your journey toward business ownership. Hey everyone, I just wanted to take this opportunity to personally thank you for listening and sharing my show with others. If that's all you ever do, that's perfectly fine. 
You may have noticed that we don't currently have advertising on our shows, and as of now, I haven't made a penny for the hours I've poured into the show. So if you'd like to do more to support this show, you can visit the website at lifeofafounder.com support, where there are a few opportunities to support me. Once again, thanks for listening.